What does Aaron Jones coming back for Green coming back to Green Bay mean for your fantasy teams? How high should Travis Kelsey go in the never too early FFPC best ball tournaments? And what should be doing about Calvin Ridley as far as your Jacksonville receivers go if you are drafting in February? Uh, plus, we have a great show tonight. It's going to be Rick Parkin, the $10,000 winner in the 2022 FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament number two, coming on to talk about uh, what you should be doing in your drafts, how he got to the mountaintop last season, and much more. We've got a great show for you. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Welcome in, welcome in to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, everybody. Uh, uh, I apologize for the late start once again tonight. I'm having massive internet problems, and I feel like I'm probably going to have to find a new spot to do my show since I cannot rely on my home internet anymore after two nights in a row of this. But welcome in. I'm glad you you stuck it out with us. I'm glad you're here because we do have a great show uh, for everybody. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. Uh, thanks to uh, Rob, greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and for LEX. Uh, my co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, uh, Farrell Elliott. I'm going to bring him on uh, shortly, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not checked out the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament or the Superflex Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, make sure you're doing that right now at myffpc.com. You can win up to $25,000 at just a $125 entry fee in the uh, normal tournament, in the Superflex tournament. $35 entry will uh, uh, win you $5,000 uh, for the grand prize in that as well. Both tournaments running up until the NFL draft, and they will conclude on April 27th. No kickers, no defenses as they follow best ball slim rules, 20-round draft, 14-week regular season, single-week playoff uh, from 15 to 17. The champion is crowned after week 17. Drafts are available with a 30-second clock, a 60-second clock, a two-hour clock, and a six-hour clock right now at myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on this video uh, so we can uh, make sure that you are being kept abreast of every single video uh, and every single content, uh, all, all the pieces of content we put out at the FFPC YouTube channel as well. want to bring in my co-host tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football himself, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome in. And how is the big Super Bowl soiree uh, outside of Louisville, Kentucky, my friend? We had a blast, Balky. Thank you for asking. You know, uh, everything about it was smooth, except the fact that you couldn't be here in person, but you and Ron Meyer, our men from Wisconsin, saved the day. We had a late dropout. Two Packer dropped in, uh, drafted like a champ, as did you. Uh, food was served. The game, which had a preponderance of Philadelphia Eagle fans in the room last year, a preponderance naturally of Cincinnati Bengal fans in the room. So the mood perhaps at the end of the game was not as strong as through the first two days of the drafting event, but all in all, a good time was had certainly by me and definitely by everyone that enjoyed drafting. 
Well, I'm glad. And, and I had a blast on Sunday morning doing my draft as well. It was a lot of fun. Looking forward to many more drafts with the KFFSC this year. Remember to check out all those drafts at KFFSC.com. You have another one going on this Sunday, right? If I remember well, correctly. Do we ever. And if you know, if, if you talk about guys from Wisconsin, uh, this is the Bart Star division of the Super Sunday Sweet 16. And there's nine spots left. Um, still eligible at $200 a piece. Go to KFFSC.com. Jump in. Jesse Bumstead will be the facilitator, and we're looking forward to a full house of 12 drafters to close out our 96 uh, Sweet 16 drafters in, in Super Sunday. That's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. Now, we have uh, – I don't think this is necessarily breaking news, but I want to bring it up tonight because I, I think it just happened this afternoon, if I'm uh, remembered correctly. The – um, report from Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports took place right around um, about three and a half hours ago. But the Washington Commanders have indeed hired Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. Uh, he will also get the title of assistant head coach. This is more than a lateral move because he will be calling plays in Washington, something he did not have the ability to do in Kansas City behind uh, Andy Reid. Uh, the, the roster that he is uh, going to get there has some pretty good pieces. I don't know how um, set they are at quarterback here, but your thoughts on Eric Bieniemy in Washington now, Farrell, when you think about drafting guys like Brian Robinson, like Terry McLaurin, uh, Jahan Dotson, another guy there as well. How does Bieniemy change things here for the commanders? Enhances all positions. Please add Curtis Samuel to that list. It enhances all positions, and it's a – it's a good decision for him. We hear the commentary, why is this guy not a head coach yet? This may be the natural path for him to take this team on Murrowbound offensive franchise, add a quarterback, develop that player. It doesn't have to be a rookie. It can be someone that comes from free agency. And as a matter of fact, it makes a team look much, much better on the offensive side of the ball when you're a general manager and you're going out and saying, this is your offensive coordinator this job's worth two and a half pushing up towards three million dollars a year it's a pretty good daytime job for a uh a 53 year old coach with uh uh well respected well respected in the leagues and among the players i want to bring up before we get to the aaron jones news uh from go long tyler dunn and bob mcginn had a podcast that they put out this afternoon uh, some interesting stuff here. Bob McGinn believes the Packers are, quote, done with Aaron Rodgers, and Jordan Love is going to be the starter in 2023. Uh, Bob McGinn says the team is, quote, disgusted with Rodgers, says he has a source with firsthand knowledge of the situation as well. Uh, uh, he also said that um, the Packers feel that the Aaron Rodgers did not put in enough effort leading into this past season. And uh, McGinn also says the Packers are very infatuated with Love, saying, Quote, they think he's the second coming now. Unbelievable stuff there. Or maybe totally <laughs> believable. I don't know. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is in his darkness retreat. I don't know. We'll wait for further word for him on that since he's the only one who knows what's going on uh, with himself in the darkness retreat. But, Daryl, this is interesting. Um, what do you do uh, with, with Packers right now? Are you bumping them up your boards? Guys like Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and the like. And then... I guess it's tough to know what, what to do with Rodgers because you don't know what he's going to be quarterbacking, if he's going to be a Raider, if he's going to be a Jet. What are you doing with Rodgers and, and the current Packers in your drafts right now? I think there is your value in the quarterback Rodgers, and based on where he's going in Bulky, I'm sure you'll tell me from our uh, mojo. Um, but I really um, 
I, I believe in love. However, you've got to see how he runs the football club and brings it together. As you were saying that, I just my old and favorite gym manager, the late great Jim Finks, always told me when I asked him about certain players, he would say, "You know, I just go in the locker room and I can't stand looking at him anymore." And maybe that's what's going on here. You know, you just in every relationship in professional sports, there does become a time to move on. We're seeing that with the Raiders. I think we'll see that with the Packers. We see it with less uh, celebrated players, but uh, some players have to find a home and work hard to find it. Others find one, but the home goes away before their ability to compete does. So, you know, everything will work out in the end. Um, I, I think so too. I feel pretty good about the Packers going forward. Um, Hudson Reeve wants to know about Aaron Jones prospects without Rogers in 2023. I gobbled them up and I think the fifth round is either the fourth or the fifth round in that Kentucky draft I did on Sunday. And I was pretty mm -hmm. happy about that. I think he's in for another big season. We're going to get to more Aaron Jones coming up later on in the show, but I do want to bring in our guest right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he has been a firefighter and paramedic in the western suburbs of Chicago for the last decade and a half plus. He's been playing high-stakes fantasy football for nearly a decade, uh, definitely into the best ball uh, area of high-stakes fantasy football, and he won the 2022 FFPC Superflex uh, Best Ball Tournament number two last year and came this close to winning the number one tournament as well. Please welcome in our $10,000 champion from that tournament last year, the incomparable Rick Parkin. Rick, welcome into the show tonight, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Good so, to see you, Rick. So, firefighter, paramedic, this is good stuff because I believe, I could be wrong, but there is a show on, on NBC right now called Chicago Fire. Have they asked you... Uh, for any insight in how to make the show more realistic? Uh, no, they have not. Um, I, I've actually, <laughs> I, I've, people always ask, like, have you seen this show or have you seen this movie? And honestly, most of the times I, I haven't. Uh, I actually went to film school. Um, and so I feel like my threshold for uh, quality of entertainment is a little bit higher than some of those. Because, um, I mean, like, a lot of those are kind of uh, melodramatic and... Um, they're not very accurate when it comes to like what you do in firefighting. Um, if but I had Rick, to say that's one, why the girls watch it with you. You've got, you know, if, if you're going <laughs> to have, you're going to have, if you're going to have a date running shotgun, you got to keep her there. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm married. So I've already, I've already locked you, in. Yeah. You, the, you the definitely have to entertain and keep her there. Then. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so Rick, if, if you, uh, if you, if you went to film school for a while, can you give us any early Oscar picks? That for anybody who is looking to, uh, to play some Oscar bets this year, did you see any of the Best Picture nominees? I did. I just saw um, was it everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, mm -hmm. I really liked that. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was probably the my favorite thing that I saw this year. Um, I did think it was kind of a, a down year. Um, I actually think that's kind of a trend. Um, just personal opinion on it, but uh, yeah, I really like that one. I like uh, I, I have um, the, uh, one of the uh, one of the guys I follow uh, here in I'm in Wisconsin, and one of the the guys that has seen a lot of the um, uh, the films this year. He, everything, everywhere, all at once. He said he likes. And then this other one with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Oh. I'm going to butcher the name. The Banshees of Inisherin or Inisherin. I don't know what it's yeah. called. Uh, but but he said he loved that one. He thinks that's a contender as well. All right. Yeah, this yeah, concludes. that was really good. Go ahead. 
That was, good. Yeah, that okay. was really good. All the actors were great in it. And also those guys were all in another movie called In Bruges. And that's a yes. really awesome movie. Check that out. I, yes. And that, and that one came out like what, 10, 12, 15 years ago, something like that. Yeah. I yeah. I think it came out like 07, 08. And, there. and they're hit, they're hitmen in Belgium. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. They're like hiding out in Belgium, like kind of waiting right. what they're going to do next. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you what, if there's anything I've learned about the Oscars, they love movies about movies and the Fablemans would be my pick there with Spielberg's yeah. semi-autobiographical. I think that's the one that's going to win in any event. We'll, we'll get back to fantasy football here. Uh, so Rick, the first uh, sort of question for you that, that we, that we want to talk to you about the, the $10,000 FFPC Superflex tournament, congrats on, on winning it. Um, but when I was doing some research on this, you weren't that far off from winning the the, the Superflex Best Ball Tournament number one, two, uh, or number one and number two. So it had to be a pretty exciting uh, time for you watching those uh, those games on both Sunday and and then Monday. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was really cool. Kind of like I, I checked the scores on Sunday, saw where I was at. Um, I knew the Monday game. Obviously, a lot of people. Um, and best ball kind of tried to stack that game or they, they really put a lot of emphasis on that game. Um, so I was prepared for a, like a really good sweat. Um, unfortunately that was the game, um, that, that was ended really shortly, um, after it started. Yes. Um, so that didn't really take place. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really exciting time and I was really lucky and fortunate to kind of be in that position. You know, Rick, especially in these never too earlys, uh, when we draft these teams, you sit with them a long while and you become very, very proud of yourself sometimes if you got your guy, especially when your guy keeps getting little tidbits and nudges of information that improve his status and gives you positive things to look at. Did you have anybody like that? And in, in the Superflex, we're, we're – two of them quarterbacks or, you know, who are your guys that you really did count on this past season? Um, so I, I was kind of looking at this team trying to figure out who it was. Um, mm -hmm. There wasn't any particular player. Like I got Devonta Smith that I was happy with. Um, and I, I was also yeah. really into Jalen Hurts this year as well. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I was more happy with the fact that I had a plan going into the draft and I was able to execute it. Like I got an elite tight end. I got an anchor running back. I didn't dip into the uh, RB dead zone. So I think that was probably um, what I was like more, most satisfied with is that I, I didn't like, I had a plan and I was able to kind of implement it uh, despite the other drafters kind of doing, you know, what they were going to do. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, I, so I want to bring up before I ask you this next question, this will be good info for everybody who is watching this right now. Shout out to Darren Armani at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, fantasymojo.com. Any of the ADP data or draft data we cite on this show is always from him. He is the godfather of the Pros versus Joes tournament as well. As we look at um, uh, running backs uh, this coming year for the Chiefs, where they are going right now, running back 26 for Isaiah Pacheco at the 707. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, running back 63 at the 1705. He's basically free, uh, free right now. And Jarek McKinnon, running back 44 at the 1210. You had Jarek McKinnon on this team for you, uh, Rick. If you were drafting right now, how would you handle him? Is, is, is he a guy that you'd invest in in the 12th, uh, 13th round? Um, and what about the rest of the Chiefs running backs? And sort of how do you foresee that situation evolving uh, for the 2023 season? 
Yeah, so uh, I, I had a lot of Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I've been a huge Jarek McKinnon fan since he came into the league. He's actually one of the most athletic running backs to ever come into the league. Uh, he's like 90-plus percentile athlete in every category. Um, it's kind of a tough backfield because if there's still going to be three guys, Pacheco and CEH and McKinnon, um, they're all going to you know kind of cancel each other out. Like Pacheco didn't catch a lot of passes, so if he's just kind of an early down grinder – I don't like that in PPR leagues and McKinnon. It was a great time to get him last year because he was cheap. I think I got him in the 17th. Um, but if he's going earlier, it, it's going to be hard to kind of recapture that magic. I mean, he got 10 touchdown uh, last year um, and, and CEH. I've honestly never been uh, too much of a fan. So I honestly, but in these situations, I think your best thing to do is shake the cheapest guy and he's still going to be in a, Andy Reid offense. He's still going to have Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes isn't like uh, Allen or Hertz, where he's going to steal a lot of uh, red zone touches. Um, so I, I honestly, if Ceh the cheapest guy, I would go with Ceh. Uh, even even right, you, you got great great value at seventeen for McKinnon. I think that's where you said you got him, but now he's only yeah. twelve. Would wouldn't you spend twelve? When would you quit drafting McKinnon? Wouldn't you draft uh, him? In you the know. Maybe that's the move. I know he's a free agent, so I know he, I, I believe he's a free agent. I don't think he's been signed yet. Um, so that's another thing, too, is I think it's his best bet to stay in Casey, but if he doesn't. He'll go to Washington um, with the offensive coordinator and really complicate <laughs> everything for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about George Pickens here, uh, Rick. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, look, Pickens uh, – that's that's really my guy, Pickens. Um, the athleticism when you were when you were talking about McKinnon's athleticism, I began to think about Pickens, and uh, I I wonder. And, and Balky is is uh, teased us a little bit. I think this is a seventh round draft pick. Is that about where he's going to solidify it, or is is that? Do you agree with me that that may be a bit of a bargain early on? I think he'll go, he'll move up. Like he'll start to be drafting earlier. Um, I, I think a lot of people seem to be into him last year. Um, and, and I get it. He makes like big, exciting plays. Um, but he's also going to be a second year wide receiver. Like there's a ton of good data on banking on second year wide receivers is a great thing to do. Um, also rookies. But um, so, yeah, I would expect him to probably um, climb upwards uh, in drafts. Okay. So, so you might be getting good value. And I, honestly, I looked at the guys around him and I prefer him to them just in the fa- sense that he is young, he's athletic, second year player. Um, I'd probably rather take him and see what he gets you. Pickens going right below Brandon Ayuk and Tyler Lockett going above, right above Deontay Johnson and Marquise Brown right now in the never too early best ball tournament. Um, this is a guy that that I, I feel like I've talked about uh, with a lot of uh, high stakes players and pundits in the industry right now, Rick. And it's DeAndre Swift, um, a guy I, I, I think I had on a couple of dynasty teams last year. Didn't grab him in any redraft leagues and don't really necessarily regret it. I mean, obviously, Jamal Williams ended up leading the NFL in, in rushing touchdowns. Can you get on board with him in, in 2023, uh, Rick? It, he is going at the end of the third round as the 13th running back off the board. Does that seem right to you? He's going, and I'll tell you this right now, too. Um, Swift is going um, right behind Travis Etienne and Ramondre Stevenson. He's going right ahead uh, of uh, Najee Harris and Joe Mixon. Your thoughts on Swift this year, Mr. Parkin? Uh, I do like DeAndre Swift a lot. Um, 
this past year, uh, I drafted probably him and Saquon Barkley were like the guys that I was like hammering at the end of the first round. Um, or if they made it back in the second, um, I think he's one of the, like actually elite talents, um, at the running back position, somebody that's worth getting somebody that I, I, that seems to be an offense that's kind of on the, uh, the upswing. I know Jamal Williams is a free agent. Um, I, I, I understand the hesitancy. He has had a hard time staying on the field, but I think last year it just, he got hurt and they knew it was something they were going to have to manage. And so they really manage his touches. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a swift for a sucker for swift. So <laughs> if you can get him at a discount, like late in the third, I'm going to, I'm going to end up taking it a lot. So, uh, you know, uh, I think a discount in the coaching world was something that perhaps the Baltimore Ravens have settled with. And yeah, you know, I look at these coaches and as they move from college to pro and back to college and back to pro, uh, I'm looking for a guy. I, I'm looking for more of a guy like uh, uh, what we have uh, headed over to Washington now. So, but Todd Munkin comes in from uh, from University of Georgia, and, and the caveat is that he was last in charge of an NFL offense in 2019, uh, the Cleveland Browns. What are you? What's this make you feel about your Ravens? It doesn't in particularly enthuse me. Uh, your thoughts on what this coach might do with Jackson and the Raving uh, Ravens receiving targets? Uh, so I am a big Rashad Bateman fan. Um, I kind of almost have to be at this point. I have a lot of Rashad Bateman in Dynasty, <laughs> um, and I did draft him a lot last year. And obviously, um, didn't you didn't get a lot out of it? Um, but I, I like him a lot. I. I I, obviously, Mark Andrews is a really talented um, tight end. He's one of the elite guys. Um, so I would like to see them kind of change up a little bit and pass more. Um, I think they do need help. I, I don't think having Devin Duvernay as your uh, wide receiver, too, is is good enough. I think they need more help at skill position players. Um, but I would be um, – I would like to see them pass more and be a little bit more, like, aggressive downfield. Um well, apparently that's the mo here, and, and hopefully you'll get it. Uh, let, let's um. So breaking news again: Travis Kelsey, he's going to be hosting Saturday Night Live oh. on, on March fourth, which will be must see TV for sure. Um, but the, he's a guy that so weird that we're seeing a guy thirty three. I think he'll be thirty four next season. Uh, he's being drafted super high in the FFPC Never Too Early tournament, one hundred and three right now. Um, second, basically. Um, it's him or Jamar Chase and sometimes Christian McCaffrey all trading to being the second player off the board here. But Travis Kelsey next year uh, in the FFPC, Rick, I mean, should people be looking at him at the 101 or is that too high? Uh, that would be too high for me. Um, I, I think where he went this past year is, um, I think it was like 106, 107, somewhere, somewhere in there. Um, I, it, it's, it's tough because you're right. He's, I mean, the guy's old, but he, for football player, but uh, he's unbelievable. And I also feel like the elite tight end group got even thinner um, based on what we saw this last year. Um, you know, Darren Waller really struggled. Um, Kittle's got such competition and he, he has these monster weeks, but then there's a lot of times where he's just not getting the volume. Um, so I feel like Andrews and Kelsey are kind of like the elite guys that are still there. Um, and especially in FFPC with, you know, tight end premium, I, I, I think you have to, um, pick him, but I also, um, 
I completely understand people being scared about like that age cliff because it, when it comes, it, it mean it's it's brutal uh, as far as the fault the drop off that guys have. So, let's get to a couple of emails uh, here. In fact, we might even have three of them tonight uh, for you, uh, Rick. The first one is from uh, Greg in Albany, New York. Um, and what is he right here? Oh, um, what Browns are you targeting if Deshaun Watson has a bounce back 2023? Thank you so much for the email, Greg and Albany. What do you think about the Browns this coming year? Uh, if, if Watson does indeed have the season, that I think a lot of people expected him to have last season. If he bounces back, who are some of the beneficiaries of that, man? Um, I, I, I'm going to guess, uh, in Joku. Um, and I, I, I really hope, uh, that uh, David Bell um, can actually uh, show up this year. I like David Bell a lot. I had a lot of him, and um, he just never was able to kind of uh, um, carve out a spot. Um, I know Donovan Peoples-Jones had a, a, a pretty good year. So, um, yeah, right now, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm not super excited about uh, Cleveland. Um, I, I just – they're a team that, that seems to want to run the ball. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'll be honest with you. I, right now, I'm not, there's nobody on Cleveland that's like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to get them. But that could change. I mean, like three months from now, it could absolutely change. As a public service, Rick, Balky and I tried to talk everyone off of David Bell last year. I think <laughs> I started that, and then Balky joined me. And uh, well, we, You guys we were definitely uh, sharper than me. It was, it was hard. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, we we're a lot sharper than you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, next one's from uh, – Johnny in uh, Lubbock, Texas here for you, Rick. Uh, he says, uh, should I draft based on Justin Fields being the starting quarterback in Chicago next year? Yeah, I am in Chicago, and, yes, I would absolutely draft as if Justin Fields is going to be the starter. What do you think they do with that pick then? They just draft the defender and then – or, or I mean, do they trade down and get some more ammo so they can get some weapons for Justin Fields? Yeah, I, I think that that's ultimately what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to have like whether it's the Colts or the um, Panthers or somebody, I think they're going to try to draft or move down, maybe take one a defender like Jalen Carter or somebody. Um, but they do. They need a lot of help at the skill positions like they're very bad. Um, final email we have for you, I think here. Yeah, final. Yeah, final one. Justin in Los Angeles wants to know. Uh, what do you think about the prospects for Noah Fant in 2023? Well, what do you think about him, Rick? Um, I know if I, if I remember correctly, when I was looking at your roster, I feel like you had it's a decent amount of shares of Noah Fant last year. Um, and then Geno Smith ended up being comeback player of the year. He looked really good for Seattle. What does he do uh, for Fant? What do you do with Fant uh, this year? And I'll tell you right now in the never too early tournament, uh, Noah Fant is currently uh, going off the board as the tight end 24 at the 1407, right behind Trey McBride and Taysom Hill, right ahead of Juwan Johnson and Daniel Bellinger. Your thoughts on Fant, Rick? I, I think that that's a, a totally reasonable spot to take him. Um, I like Noah Fant a lot. Uh, they, they were, I think there was three guys. He was one of three that were playing a lot. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's one of those guys. I mean, one, the position takes a really long time for guys to learn in the NFL, and often they break out late. And he is the kind of guy you want to try to uh, bank on for a, a breakout is because he's extremely athletic. Um, and they, they could use playmakers in that offense. He's an athletic player amongst two other tight ends who aren't particularly athletic. And you wonder why they want to have three tight ends on the field 
so much at the time. It seems to be a player that's going to have a hard time uh, reaching his potential at that location. Yeah. Uh, so, Rick, I, I got to ask you here, not only did you win uh, $10,000 uh, winning the Superflex Best Ball Tournament number two last year, but I know you brought home, I mean, ninth place in the Superflex Best Ball Tournament one. You won some other dynasty leagues uh, last year, some other uh, satellite leagues. So I know you – you brought home a decent amount of change in, in the FFPC. Have you already spent that money? Is the money earmarked for something? What are your plans uh, for that cash that you won? So I, I did spend some of it. I, um, I'm i a record collector, vinyl records. Um, so I already bought some uh, records on Discogs, um, added to my, uh, my hefty collection. Um, I did also book a trip for me and my wife to San Diego. Never Both of us have never been. Um, and I have some left that uh, I, I'd like to maybe spend. To go, uh, I have a decent amount of tattoos, um, and I am at a point where I almost I usually travel for the, to the artist, um, the the state they're in. So I, I'd like to do that, um, but that's going to be tough to negotiate. I have a five month old, so I'd be signing my wife up for like a lot of extra right. work. So, Rick, if you come play in Kentucky, I'll have a tattoo artist in the draft room for you. So we'll make that work. <laughs> We'll make that work for you. And what is the name or number of your firehouse there in uh, in Chicago? Uh, so we're I'm, I'm in the western suburbs of Chicago in Elgin, and we're at Station Three. Station Three, and does Station Three the the membership and 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 group and does everyone know that you won ten grand? Uh, no, uh, a couple well, of the guys. Get, well, that... I'll let them all know that you will be <laughs> they do now. Party. Yeah, uh, the, it's the, Mardi the... Gras and March Madness. Uh, yeah. It'd be great. Yeah, the two guys I work with uh, every day, they know. Um, they were actually working with me the day that um, the the final Monday night game uh, happened, and so they were gonna they were ready to sweat with me. Um, and yeah, they they know, and they're they were super excited for me, as you can imagine. Yeah, well, you saw that night. You saw some great work by your uh, your, your colleagues in arms there. So mm -hmm. you, you probably yeah yeah. Uh, Rick, can you uh, can you share and if if it's wild and we've never heard of them, that's fine. Can you share any of the albums that you bought on vinyl with the winnings? Um, yeah, so I bought it's a. I listen to a lot of music that's called uh, post metal or post rock. Um, the album I bought is from a Swedish band called Cult of Luna, um, and this album uh, it it came out in like '08. Um, and they actually like they had one of their guys in their band, like hand printed with like screen printed the, the cover for it. Um, I don't even know if they sold these, like they, I think they made the, the, the color cause the albums come in different variants, like the actual vinyl record. And this is a clear one that there was only a hundred copies made very nice. hard to get. Um, I was able to get one from a guy in Spain. Um, and so, uh, I was really excited to add that one to my collection cause I love that album. And it's also um, like I said, it's hand handmade by uh, one of the members of the band. That's so, and what and what's the name of the album? I'm sorry. The name of the album is Eternal Kingdom. The name of the Eternal band Kingdom. is Cult of Luna. Okay. Yeah. And you know, and we, call, go ahead, go ahead, Phil. We've got to get Rick and Jeff Jockeen in the same room to start yes. talking music. Yeah. And you know, when you when you mention some of your worldwide bands uh, with with a following like yourself and, and other passionate listeners. We have a guy down here in Anna who also plays in the FFPC uh, th that he would say, yes, I know that band. Don't you like their relay? And, and then you two would just spin off into the music verse out there. It would be great to watch yeah, that. Absolutely. So, 
to to bring it full circle back to what we were talking about with with movies cult of luna had an album or maybe a couple albums that the artwork was inspired by uh fritz lang's uh movie metropolis which is a classic uh film it, it, in, it you obviously know this it, too rick it, it one of the classic films that you study when you're at film school and, and so and now cult of luna drawing inspiration from that movie which i don't think won best picture but it was certainly a, 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 it has stood the test of time it's insane uh, power yeah, exactly exactly uh, Quick, quick side note. So the lead singer of Cult of Luna is a casting director, but also a director. And he just directed a movie this last year that won an award at like Swedish's um, like version of the Oscars. So, I mean, oh. he's well versed in like the history of film and stuff like that. And yeah, the album Vertical is uh, in inspired by Fritz Lang's uh, Metropolis. God, this is this is great. This is this is so much like we're we're really getting into it right now. So I believe <laughs> I could do this. I, I could do this type of stuff all day. Talk about movies. Okay, so just I want to make sure we're on the same page here. So he was, I, I believe, we're talking about Johannes Person, the from yep. from Cult of yep. Luna. He was Absolutely. actually in the in the casting department for one of I don't I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite movies, but I definitely enjoyed it. I've seen it multiple times. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. With uh, yep. with uh, James uh, Daniel Craig, not James Bond, with Daniel Craig, <laughs> and then of course, and, yeah, and and then uh, Rooney Mara was in that flick as well. So yeah, uh, pretty yeah. crazy stuff yeah. um, and good yep. stuff. Anyway, Farrell has a fantasy football question here for you. Oh, and, and there's your football connection, Rooney Mara. Hey, um, yes, I do. Who are you fading? You can't you can't use a guy we've already talked about. I think it's important this time of year to know who you're staying away from because there's a lot of guys to like. But who do you really love, Rick? Who, who's the guy that that you've got to make work uh, in your best ball drafts this year? Um, so I, I had an easier time with the fade. The fade is Josh Jacobs to me. Um, I haven't really had Josh Jacobs um, basically his entire career. Um, and then he well, had a huge he, year he was in year. that. He was in that dead zone that you said you worked to avoid. That's where he was last yeah, year. Absolutely. He was yeah, absolutely. And he's yep. not this year. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that's the, so I, I know he had a huge year, but up until this point, um, he is somebody that I, I, it's not the type of player that I, the type of profile that I kind of get behind. So for me, where would, if he's going to be would even more expensive. Where would you? Um, so I, I actually did take him in, I think, one draft last year. I want to say he fell to like, Round eight or nine. Yeah. Um, Where would you I, take I, him I know, um, Four. I probably still wouldn't take. I'd probably still wait till he was out, outside of the zone, the dead zone, and not because he's not a good player, but it's that it's that um, opportunity cost. So if I'm taking mm -hmm. him in the fifth or sixth or even the fourth, there's a wide receiver that I'm not taking, and you know, wide receivers score better. They're less likely to get injured. So I, I, I'm going to go with the wide receivers. And does does that same fade exist in redraft as well as best ball, or do you look at that yeah. player a little differently? No, I, I'm I'm going to do I'm going to fade him as well. Okay. And who do you? And love? then for uh, and and I, I've kind of got this answer from uh, of the dynasty leagues that I'm in and the trade offers I'm getting. Like everybody wants, I have a decent amount of Garrett Wilson. Everybody wants Garrett Wilson. Completely understand it. Um, but I feel like Chris Olave is not getting the same amount of uh, love, at least it's for like people that are coming after him. Um, yeah. So, and he's 
I thought he had a really good rookie year. He's a second year wide receiver. Um, I want to bank on that type of player. I think him, I think Traylon Burks and Drake London are also guys that I would like to get. And uh, I think Burks and London, understandably, people are going to have hesitation because of the way their rookie years played out. But especially London, like I can't imagine them running the ball that much. Like it was, I, I think, pretty historic how little they were throwing. I still thought he was was good, all things considered. And if you trust those front offices to find the right quarterback, that might enhance yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris Olave, wide receiver 16 at the 403. Drake London, wide receiver 21 at the 504. And then Traylon Burks this year, gentlemen, wide receiver 37 at the 711. I know there's a lot of high stakes heat on Traylon Burks for sure this year. And I have uh, reassuring news for you uh, here tonight, Rick, about Josh Jacobs. You will not have to worry about wondering if you should take him in round <laughs> five or round six because he is going in the second round. 210 yeah. at the running back nine. So you won't have him this year, and that's fine by you. And certainly you know what you're doing because you won $10,000 in the FFPC uh, Superflex Best Ball Tournament number two last year. Congratulations to you. Uh, good luck. I know you got a bunch of dynasty rookie drafts that will be coming up uh, after the NFL draft. Good luck in all those leagues and, and all your best ball leagues are doing this year. I know you really enjoy it. Uh, congratulations on all the success. Thank you for everything you do. Um, in the uh, fire department and, and in the paramedic area, we appreciate that. In, in and I know all of our viewers in the western suburbs of Chicago definitely appreciate you as well. And thanks so much for hanging out with us on a Friday night and talking a little fantasy football, man. We really, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. I really appreciate the the chance to come on and talk with you guys. So, thanks again. Thank you. Rick. We'll, we'll let you get back to your listening to some uh, Cult of Luna now. <laughs> Crank it up, buddy. <laughs> thanks, Rick. Uh, Rick Parkin, ladies and gentlemen, the $10,000 winner of the FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament number two last year. Uh, good luck to him going forward. A lot of good knowledge from him on uh, how he built these teams. I think uh, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, asked in the chat who were the quarterbacks he had on, on his um, winning roster. And they were uh, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, and then Joe Flacco, who obviously all three of them had spike weeks throughout the year. But uh, certainly Hertz was was the big money maker there. And then Daniel Daniel Jones, I guess, was the true money maker because he really crushed it uh, down the stretch, especially week 17. So congrats to Rick Parkin. Uh, let's get back to, to the Packers talk that we had earlier, Farrell. I want to get into this because today uh, ESPN Adams, uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that Aaron Jones and the Packers have restructured the deal uh, that he signed a couple of years ago for 2023. He was going to be earning $20 million this year, $20 million cap hit. He's now going to be earning $11 million, which includes an $8.52 million signing bonus. Uh, Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM, uh, told everybody at the end of uh, season uh, news conference that uh, he thought that Jones would be back for him uh, this year. This will be his age 29 season. 1,500-plus yards from scrimmage this past year, had a career high in rushing yards, had a career high in catches with 59. I, I got him in that um, in that Kentucky uh, draft on Sunday. I was, I'm surprised to see how far he's slipping. Um, I, I just, I, I look at this for, from the standpoint, and by the way, too, and we should point this out. Uh, I think that um, Drew Rosenhaus, his representation, looked at all these free agent running backs that are out there. He looked at all the great talented running backs that are coming in from the NFL draft and said, look, you can make $11 million. You're going to make the most money 
um, of any running back in the NFL not named Christian McCaffrey this year. Maybe you take this pay cut, take this deal. That way the Packers aren't releasing you, putting you out into a into a, a, a saturated market for running backs. And Aaron Jones running back 18 at the 502. I love that value, Farrell. I think he's definitely going to uh, return that and much more this year. Yeah, for fantasy football value, I thought um... – Matter of fact, this this weekend, a couple of times when drafters called out his names, I started, oh, he's already, no, he's not already taken. Okay, here's the sticker right here. <laughs> I, now, yeah, and when Drew, uh, when Drew and, and when, they, when they did that deal, uh, he and Jones, they knew that they probably this year would be, be reworking it. And a lot has to do with where your client is and where he's healthy, happy and where he likes to be, and that's Green Bay. You know, it's been a wonderful situation for him, and uh, that's, a, that's a terrific salary. So he's in a real good place, and congratulations to those guys for getting it done. And, and I'll tell you this, too. Um, I, I, I think regardless of who the quarterback is this year, uh, Aaron Jones is going to have a very good year. You know, as long as he stays healthy, knock on wood, yes. I, I think he's going to be big with Jordan Love, and he's going to be big with Aaron Rodgers. Now, another interesting guy that we haven't heard about in, in – darn near two years has been Calvin Ridley. He's eligible to apply for reinstatement after his uh, indefinite suspension from the NFL. Uh, after he, uh, he, it was found out that he bet on NFL games uh, during a five day period in November of 2021, while he was away from the Atlanta Falcons, the Jaguars got him for a fifth round pick at the trade deadline last year uh, with the expectation that he'll be available to them in the 2023 season. He has uh, been in 49 regular season games, Caught 248 passes for 3,342 3, yards and 28 touchdowns. That's basically over, you know, four seasons worth there. Uh, Ridley, to start 2021, which is the last time we saw him, 31 catches, 281 yards, and two touchdowns, which was not great. Um, but you like to think that he rebounds with a uh, up-and-coming offense with Trevor Lawrence in, in Jacksonville, and certainly they're going to have Christian Kirk there. I don't know if either of the Jones would be back, be it Marvin or, or Zay Jones, but Evan Engram is a guy I know they want to try to bring back as well. Farrell, as I look at Calvin Ridley's um, ADP right now in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, wide receiver 30 at the 607. Now, to me, that's a little high. I don't think I'd be taking him there because I am, you know, we saw all the rust on Deshaun Watson last year. I'm a little bit nervous about, um, you know, Ridley also having to knock off that rust. He's going behind. Terry McLaurin and Mike Evans, but he's going ahead of Brandon IU, Tyler Lockett, the aforementioned George Pickens as well. I think I'm going to go elsewhere instead of taking Ridley at that price. I'm not going to understand why you would, but it's a different situation, Bulky. It's a guy that's had football taken away from him. He's he's probably had a come-to-Jesus realization in his life that he's got to get his act together, and this is his last chance. What bothers me more than Ridley's ability to come back and be the athlete and the player and contributor that he was is that the fit seems a little odd to me because they seem to have a, a a group of receivers that are clicking with the quarterback. Now I know he's an upgrade and I know he can fit right into this group, but from fantasy purposes, uh, how many balls are there to go around? And Christian Kirk, as he, as he says to anyone that'll listen, I don't feel that I'm particularly getting respect. I'm getting paid like it, but I don't feel like fans, uh, the people that play fantasy football and definitely that play it like we do, we probably give him more respect than the average fantasy player. But largely, uh, we'll, we'll just have to see how things work out here. But, yes, based on the players that you mentioned, I would tend to go another direction at that draft spot as well. 
Jonathan Jones reported this on Twitter this past week after the Colts hired uh, Shane Steichen, uh, the Ooh. offensive coordinator for the Eagles, um, that uh, at his introductory conference, Jim Ursay said they wanted to hire an offensive coach, quote, knowing we're going to have to find a young quarterback to develop. And he later said in that press conference, quote, the Alabama guy doesn't look bad, I'll tell you, end quote, from uh, Jim Ursay there. It so it's certainly... Is, I love him. It's, 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 he's so great. Um, so obviously what we can glean from this is that the Colts are drafting a quarterback early. I think the Dizzle was pointing out in the chat uh, earlier in the show that um, they could be trading up from four to one to draft uh, Bryce Young potentially there. And if that's the case, then, then the Colts will have their man. Um, if you look at um, who they could get if they, if they stick at four, I mean, Stroud would be in the picture. Will Levis would be in the picture. It, it certainly seems we know that the Colts will be having a young quarterback this year after numerous years of, of going into it with a well-established veteran at the tail end of his career. What do you do knowing that? What do you do with a guy like Michael Pittman or perhaps Jonathan Taylor as well? Are you bumping either one of those guys down? Are you bumping Colts down in general knowing that they might be taking their lumps with a fresh quarterback throwing to them? Not Pittman, because as we talked about this weekend at the draft, uh, Pittman still had his 90 catches or thereabouts for the season. Uh, the number one target for a rookie quarterback, especially on a team that does not have a prolific tight end, is a very, very attractive player. Pittman high points the ball, gets open, is physical enough. I love Pittman with any quarterback. I love him with a quarterback that's trying to learn the NFL game. So I'm going to leave Pittman right where I want him there. And uh, I haven't targeted too many other Colts. Uh, the kid from Cincinnati, the uh, the other receiver, Alec uh, Pierce, is it? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Pierce is probably a steal now, and I would go ahead and steal him. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Pittman here and uh, expect that they will move up and that they will take the Alabama quarterback because I'm not too – I'm not falling in love with a great deal of the other quarterbacks that are available. In this I want, uh, yeah, and I'm with you on that. Like, I, I, it's so it's 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 funny because I I think um, from an NFL standpoint, if I was a GM, I would not be wanting to get in business with Anthony Richardson as early as he's expected to go. But for fantasy Farrell, yeah, I, I want to be in business with Anthony Anthony Richardson because I think he could be a better fantasy quarterback than NFL quarterback. Yeah. I just don't know how quickly he'd get onto the field. And that's something that you're going to have to decide in your rookie drafts or super flex drafts, um, how you want to handle a guy like him, because he may not get a ton of playing time in 2023, but if he does, he could be pretty valuable. Um, let's uh, go to another email here as we get into the fantasy feedback segment. Um, Patrick in Cleveland, Ohio. Hey guys, is Dalvin Cook a fade for you this season? Thanks for all you do. That is Patrick in uh, Cleveland. Certainly appreciate the email, Patrick. Now, the news we got on Dalvin Cook earlier this week, he underwent shoulder surgery. And um, this is nothing new for Dalvin Cook. He's had shoulder surgeries numerous times throughout his career. In fact, 2014, 2016, 2019, and 2021. And and now and those were all injuries. Those weren't surgeries, I should say. Those are all shoulder injuries. And then he hurt his shoulder in 2022 as well. He didn't miss any time but it was one of his worst seasons as a pro just obviously playing through that took its toll on him. He's going to be 28 uh, this coming year coming off surgery. Uh, Alexander Madison is a free agent. What's interesting about cook to me is I, I gave you the bad. Let me give you the good. 
because right now I, I don't think he's ever been lower in his uh, NFL career than where he's going right now. At the end of the fourth round, early fifth round, 412, running back 17. I think we all have to, you know, whether you like Cook or not, you have to take a long look at him at the end of the fourth round, Farrell. And if your strategy is to hit those elite receivers and grab your elite tight end, then Cook is a nice play for you at that position. I would argue that everything Rick said about Jacobs, I would apply to Cook. However, I try to look at what a player can do instead of what he can't. And Cook, to me, will still be uh, the targeted running back in this offense, a pretty good offense, and offense is going to have to score to win. It's designed to score. So, uh, yeah, Cook was questionable where he was going last year. I don't think he's questionable where he's going this year. I would take that risk in building my roster out with Cook. Um, this is from, uh, let's see, it was the one we just got in, uh, Mike in Southfield, Michigan. What do you guys make of the new coordinator hire in Carolina to go along with Frank Reich? Thank you for the email. Uh, we have certainly appreciate it from you, Mike. Um, Thomas Brown is the new offensive coordinator or expected to be a new offensive coordinator for uh, the Panthers. Now, he is a guy that um, was the assistant head coach with Sean McVay. Last year in Los Angeles, he was a tight ends coach there. And now he comes to Carolina where they have some pieces. You know, you talk about that backfield there. Um, I don't think anybody expected Foreman and Hubbard to be as good as they were after McCaffrey got traded, but they were very good. Still have DJ Moore. You have Terrace Marshall, a guy who was coming up last year. And I know a lot of high stakes players still believe in Tommy Tremble, the tight end there. Do you think these Carolina Panthers uh, players, Farrell, that I mentioned, None of them are going particularly high this year. These players that you want to be in business in in 2023. No is my answer to that. However, the celebrated on this show, temporary play caller for the Indianapolis Colts, I believe, Parks Frazier, a Murray State University grad, has also been hired to accompany the OC over there. That gives me reason to hope. No, with Carolina, I really can't talk about it yet because I don't know. That's the team that I have to um, – you know, look at and say, I want to see, I want to evaluate players in the combine. I want to see the draft. I want to see some pro day numbers. I want to see how they're going to line up. And of course, DJ Moore is always a threat for fantasy football, but I'm wait and see on all the rest, especially the tight end there. Uh, the kid, uh, uh, I believe from Notre Dame that uh, want to see how he develops in this offense. But uh, right now, I, there's just too many other choices uh, with, with high upside than to get into business with your Carolina Panthers ball. Yeah, DJ Moore, and, and I think uh, the Dizzle just said that Carolina skilled players suck except for DJ Moore. <laughs> and right now I think he is the most expensive one going in, in the never-too-early drafts. Uh, DJ Moore going wide receiver 22 at the 505. That's Amari Cooper, Drake London, Keenan Allen territory uh, mm-hmm. for DJ Moore right now. Um, let's go to who is this here? This is Chuck in Wichita, Kansas. Yep. Chuck wants to know about if we believe Mike Gesicki is going to be a sleeper this year. Now, Mike Gesicki is uh, a guy who played with for the Dolphins last year, first year under Mike McDaniel, um, under the franchise tag, too, by the way. 45% of the offensive snaps he played on 32 catches and 362 yards. Those were all career lows uh, going back to his rookie season. I think um, I, I know I wasn't a fan of his going into this year. It's just it, to, you got to be able to block if, if you're going to play in McDaniel's offense, and he is not a blocker. He is a pass catcher. Um, so I, I think that he will end up elsewhere uh, this coming year. And I think anybody who signs him 
is definitely going to be on board with featuring him in the passing game. And why this is interesting is because he is not being drafted fairly high right now. Tight end 19 at the 11-11 behind uh, Chigo Conquo, Tyler Higby, and Gerald Everett. And then uh, the next guy's off the board, Michael Mayer, Hayden Hurst, and then Trey McBride in the 13th round. So Gesicki, I, I think I would be willing to roll the dice if I was drafting in the FFPC. I'd be willing to roll the dice on him in the late 11th. Uh, because I think he'll end up in a spot where he's going to be a much more of a difference maker this year than he was last year. Absolutely. His his opportunities were gutted this past year, Balky. Only 32 targets. And if you, one of the things I looked up about this player midseason is that um, he only started one game. Now, I know he was on the field a great deal, but he was listed as being on the field at the start of the game once, which kind of tells you what they thought about him is being able to contribute other than catching the ball, which he did in the red zone. If you are a, if you're, if you're a, uh, uh, what's that, what's that, the, uh, uh, what's our guy that hosts the red zone, Valky? What's his name? Well, there's a couple of guys. Siciliano is the guy. Siciliano. If you, if if you sit there for your seven hours of uninterrupted commercial football, you saw Gasicki scoring touchdowns and you saw him being used around the goal line and you might tend to think, this is a player that, you know, he's doing what he's always done. He was, you know, between the 20s, he, he was non-existent last year. Only 32, uh, only 32 catches. It just, it just was not a good year. Our uh, resident uh, Ivy League professor from Cornell, ever hear of it, Hudson Kern-Reeve, no. weighing in right now. Uh, he wants to know, he's asking us a question, uh, where should Kadarius Tony be going in 2023 FFPC drafts? Well, we can tell you where we think uh, he should be going, but I'll tell you right now where he is going. Wide receiver 44 at the 906. This is after Quentin Johnston and Gabe Davis right ahead of Jordan Addison and Darnell Mooney. Wow, we haven't talked about Darnell Mooney in a while. No, we, uh, we shouldn't. <laughs> Kadarius Tony, uh, Farrell, too high, too low, or like Goldilocks would say, just right at the 906 right now. No, he's going he's gonna to shoot up. People are going to have memories of that Super Bowl. And he is going to shoot up. And then the new offensive coordinator is going to come in with Andy Reid and talk nothing about Tony. And we're going to go, oh, my goodness. And then we're going to realize just uh, – I just came over here from private chat, Balky, to comments. And I see the Dizzle is uh, uh, says basically when he has good health, uh, Tony's your guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's uh, – he hasn't enjoyed that. He looks healthy now. He looks like he's ready to play football. And, uh, you know, has matured a little bit. Uh, away from the field. So uh, Tony's probably a good investment beyond where he's being drafted now. Yeah. And the thing is too, like, I I mean, I can get on board with him and like the the middle of the ninth round, if I need a receiver, there is like my fourth receiver. Okay. That, that, that makes some sense. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, the the longer you wait, and I think you just hit on it, the longer you wait, uh, the more likely he is to, to be getting to a spot in the draft where you're not comfortable drafting him um, because the hype will go up on him. Uh, we're going to hear this is his first full season um, in Kansas City. Uh, this is his first full season with Patrick Mahomes, first full season in the offense. He's healthy right now. He's a former first-round pick. Uh, he's come, and, and now he goes from Daniel Jones to Patrick Mahomes. Like There's, the, there's a lot to like here. And we don't know what the Chiefs are going to be doing at receiver. Now, if they stand pat and maybe they bring Smith-Schuster back and they're still going to have Valdez Scantling, and then you, know, you have Tony there as well, Kelsey, uh, then it would make some sense that Tony could be the guy this year. But that is hype. Uh, that is the Tony Kool Aid is too bitter for me. And yeah. I, think, I think it's going to get more and more bitter as we get closer to the start of the season. So I will be staying 
uh, away from him. Oh. I want to see if we can get, I mean, right now I, I'm fine with him, but I just, I think you're right. I think that as we get closer to the start of the season, it's just, it's not. Well, since, since we're talking best ball and since we're talking dynasty, I like him better in both those formats than I do when we'll be drafting in the main event. But the beautiful planet Hollywood located on Las Vegas and Golden Street. Um, final email tonight is from Jim in Cypress Lake, Florida. He says, um, are you, hold on. Are you, I don't know why I can't read this. Are you concerned with Derek Carr's landing spot before you draft him right now? Uh, thank you for the email. We really appreciate that, Jim in Cypress Lake, Florida. So the latest we got on Derek Carr is that he's visiting the Jets this weekend, but we know that he's been in touch with the Saints. The Panthers and Titans have some interest as well. Farrell, right now in the never-too-early best ball tournament, uh, Derek Carr has an ADP of uh, 1203 as quarterback 20. I don't necessarily think that goes down anymore. I mean, he's going to be a starting quarterback somewhere this year. And I don't think, regardless of those at landing spots, I don't really think that the ADP spikes too far up. Are you rooting, if you have car and maybe dynasty leagues or anything like that, are you rooting for one location over uh, another because you believe that he'll put up the best stats there? New York Jets intrigues me just because of the wide receiver talent. Football, as a football player, it intrigues me because of the Tennessee Titans. He will not sign with Carolina Panthers. And who was the other contender? Uh, Saints, Jets, Cardin. Uh, you mentioned the, the, the Panthers and the uh, – and the um, oh no, it was the Saints and Jets. I think was the other two. I yeah, said. Well, well, Saints, Saints uh, for the, some of the same reasons that you like the Jets, and that is who he visited first. Mm -hmm. uh, the the uh, so yeah, it's it, all of that is is positive. Um, the Jets uh, with the young running back, uh, the receiver talent that they have, and the the fact of their expectations as a team. Um, I like I like uh, what he could do for us with fantasy numbers. Yeah, and uh, Dizzle pointing out, too, those stunning eyes that we have seen from Derek Carr over the years. Uh, bear in mind, Maybelline is the uh, has their corporate headquarters in New York, too. Uh, so it would make some sense for Derek Carr to be that much closer to his eyeliner supply um, in, if he does sign with the Jets. I think that makes perfect sense. And listen, this is why you watch the HSFF hour for hard We have stuff nobody else Exactly. Uh, do want to appreciate, uh, tell you how much I appreciate you uh, hanging out with me again uh, this Friday. KFFSC.com is where to sign up for that final round of 96 um, of drafts uh, that you guys have been putting on uh, over the last week. Ooh, please. Uh, KFFSC.com is where to go for that. And that draft is Sunday evening, I want to say. Sunday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern, 9, 9 spots still remaining. Um, uh, and, and Hudson Kern Reeve is in there and, you know, bulky, uh, we, we go into every, uh, show with, uh, I can't stand the pressure quiet hollers, mm -hmm. uh, Shadwick wild original tune, uh, since we started, uh, and, and had our guest with such a great career that he has, and we're talking about Chicago fire, um, uh, that, uh, uh, Shadwick and the quiet hollers music is frequently featured. Uh, on that television show. Ah, But I think he's just as proud as being frequently featured here. Not yeah, as well I, paid, but just as proud. Yeah, one of them one of them is is a is a hit show that millions of people watch every week. What's the, what, what, what do you have to say about the other one? Uh, it's on NBC. The other yeah, one's okay, on NBC. Yeah, okay, there you go. So there's what we got. <laughs> 
<laughs> we uh, follow you on Twitter, Farrell, at KFFSC, official, KFFSC.com. Get there and sign up for those leagues right now. Farrell, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, joining me on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this evening, as he does each and every week. I want to thank Farrell. I want to thank our guest tonight, um, uh, Rick Parkin, who uh, was the champion of the FFPC Never Too Early Superflex, uh, not the Never Too Early, the FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament Number 2 last year. Uh, we will be back live uh, next Friday at 10, 9 Central. Uh, remember that the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network will go live Thursday night at 7 o'clock Eastern on the BSN, uh, BSN app, which you can get free in the App Store and Google Play. Uh, I will be chopping it up for two full hours with Roto World and NBC Sports Edge's Pat Corain. Uh, surprising he's still working after all the money he brought home in fantasy this year. But he's going to be working with me on Thursday night. Look forward to that as well. You should be looking forward to winning $25,000 in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. Just $125 to get into that um, over at MyFFPC.com. Or you can go to MyFFPC.com, plunk down $35, and win $5,000 in the never too early Superflex best ball tournament as well. Again, both those tournaments will run all the way up to the start of the NFL draft. 14-week regular season, a winner is crowned after uh, three weeks of uh, single elimination playoffs uh, after uh, round 17. And if you want to get in a 30-second clock draft, a 60-second clock draft, a two-hour clock draft, a six-hour clock draft, whatever you want, those are all available at MyFFPC.com. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention some of the great deals we have on Dynasty Orphans as well. MyFFPC.com is where to go for that. Click on Dynasty, and you'll get a, a link to the Dynasty Orphans we have available there right now. A lot of good uh, teams out there for not very much money. Uh, teams that definitely can be turned into championship contenders the first year that you have them. Uh, remember to like this video, subscribe to um, to this uh, feed, the FFPC uh, YouTube feed, as well as comment on the video, share the video with your friends, get notified so you never miss uh, the next time we go live, which will be 10-9 Central this coming Friday. Uh, thank you so much for everybody who uh, for watching tonight. I really appreciate it. And uh, I know there's no football going forward, but there still is fantasy football. Make sure that you're checking that out at myffpc.com. Be good, everybody, and we'll talk with you again next week. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. It's going to be wild not having any meaningful football um, now until uh, early September. That That's the next time we get real life, uh, real live football. But bear in mind um, that it comes with a treat because we'll be live at Planet Hollywood uh, next week as well. Uh, next week. I wish we were live at Planet Hollywood next week. But the next time we have real live NFL football, I will be seeing you in Las Vegas at Planet Hollywood to watch that game in person. Who will it be? I don't know. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's going to be a long off season, but it's going to be a fun drafting season. And we will have you covered right here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Thanks, everybody. Have a great, great weekend.